Hey Associates! Alright, this episode is our recording of the lecture from Wednesday, February 9th. We build on um, things we talked about in the last episode, you know, about how to pitch to uh, the print or the press, really thinking about, you know, written articles, features, and stories. And so where the last episode we focused a lot more on um, kind of articles that journalists could write about your company, today we talk a lot more about things like contributing articles, how we can sort of create or produce content to share out to organizations, as well as talking about how newsletters kind of help in our PR um, plans and landscape. All right, let's go back in time. Perfect timing. All right, yeah, these are definitely some really great action items thinking about the pitches. Um, and so right, as PR folks, we like to start with the press release, but the purpose of the press release right, is more about getting coverage for some kind of specific event announcement. It captures the core details, whereas the pitch right, is where we're getting the, the journalist or the writer, whoever we're engaging with to be like, yes, I wanna pick up that story. And maybe they even go beyond your, your press release to actually write. A little feature about it or kind of expand and so that's really the angle we're getting to and yeah some of those key things right we want to keep it nice and short but also descriptive enough to intrigue them so we talked a lot about and even in the the sort of report that we did a couple weeks ago that you can revisit on canvas you know journalists get a lot of pitches like 30 40 100 pitches a day right depending on how big of an organization so you want to keep it nice short so they can get through it they see what the story is they see the angle and then they're intrigued enough to follow up that's great yes make it as specific as possible that is also so fantastic one of the ways that we can do that is instead of just sending like a mass email to a hundred different journalists you say what are my top 20 percent that actually you know it makes sense for them to write this story you know what is their audience kind of go back what have they written before and then try to really personalize it um, and we can personalize it right by identifying hey the article that you wrote about this topic is really similar hey i know your audience tends to read this type of work hey i see that you typically cover x types of events and then go into that pitch so they really understand that you know it will be helpful for them uh right you want to spark that story idea get more coverage if we can expand beyond here's a calendar date, like people will actually read it. And that's great for our brand to the point exactly, but have the details they need. Doesn't have to be, shouldn't be crazy long. Just get to the heart of it, get your angle in there, spark their ideas. And yes, personalize it to the journalist outlet for great PR. You know, definitely it can be very easy to feel like, oh, maybe if I just send it to a bunch of people, like quantity, we'll get more coverage. Uh, but not necessarily. One, we do want to think about quality of coverage. It's getting to the right audience and readers. Um, but having a little smaller net where you can do all these things, personalizing it, really making sure it's an intriguing story, likely will lead to more coverage in the long run than just kind of being like, here, maybe you'll like it. Cool, great job. All right. How long, sort of in words, did we talk about having the pitch, knowing that it should be direct, concise, but about, you know, what's the longest 
um, we kind of talked about most pitches being. Nice. Yes, definitely. 150. If it's if you're writing a pitch of less than 150 words, you might be missing some key details. Might be a little too snappy. Maybe you didn't personalize it. Uh, but definitely somewhere between 150, 400 words should be plenty of space for you to write that you know compelling, descriptive, intriguing pitch. And then you can always attach things like your press release that has way more details um, for them to follow up on if they are interested in more about the event. They all kind of shoot for eh, about 400 words max. That's like a couple of paragraphs. Again, if we think about our paragraphs as two to three really like punchy, impactful sentences each. So it's not a long thing, but just because they're short doesn't mean that they aren't kind of challenging to write, to write. It doesn't mean that you can just sort of sit down and the first draft is perfect. So excellent job. And what are some ways that you could personalize your pitch to the journalist? We talked about and went through a few examples on Monday, but also just, you know, imagine you are about to write a pitch. You know, what are some things that you might do or strategies you might take to kind of get that pitch more personal, showing them that you understand their audience, that this is the type of story they would write about and, you know, their editor would like and they could get traffic for. Mm -hmm. Yes, oh, these are all great ideas coming in. Exactly. And so, you know, in that opening of the pitch, talking about their previous work, can show them that you actually understand who they are um, and what they write about and kind of give you that maybe little edge over somebody who's just like, me, 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 it's all about my story. It's gonna be like, hey, loved your work before. Um, if there's a really specific article again, say, oh, so last month you covered this event on X. My company is having an event that your readers might find interesting and similar, right? Uh, adding a PS note, Definitely some of those personalizations can be great. Uh, you might want to consider putting any sort of, you know, uh, deeper like connection, like, oh, if you saw, I don't know, on Twitter that they did something similar, um, any of those real human kind of personalizations that don't have to directly do with the work, you might want to put at the end. So that way they get the information they want. And then it's like, oh, hey, cool. Maybe I like this PR person a little bit more than a different PR person because they also like the show X or whatever, you know. And this is one of those things where it's like, if you're just a personable, you know, person, you know how to connect and you're genuinely interested in building relationships with these key journalists, you know, that will come more naturally. There's not a good hard, fast rule. It's kind of like, yes, think about how you can connect with them as a person so they don't feel like you're just spamming everybody. Um, and one of the best ways 
to also get to that place is, again, think about who are like the top 20% of all the journalists you could talk to that write about ed tech, that write about veterans affairs, that you know, write about food or whatever industry you're in. Think about who are like actually the top 20% that align the most with your company's audience, uh, your location, your market size, um, and then really focus on trying to cultivate a real relationship with those those folks. Yes. Cool. All right. Any thoughts or questions um, that we can circle back to? And then we'll talk about editorial calendars, blogs, newsletters. Good. All right. Cool. So one of the things um, that came up in the reading, um, a, cu a couple times I've mentioned it, um, but it's sort of a, a vague, like, what really do they mean, is the idea of an editorial calendar. And so really what an editorial calendar, what we're referring to is just kind of this large scale plan for content. Usually it's a, it's a pretty internal document um, for, you know, the, the the teams that are making the materials, putting the newsletters together, you know, creating the social media campaigns. Like it's definitely something we like to use for our teams. Um, sometimes it will be published out for you to find for that organization, sometimes not. Um, but everybody in general usually has some sort of large scale plan. At the beginning of the semester, we talked about, you know, here at UNC or just higher education in general. Uh, we have a really overarching editorial calendar that is our registrar calendar, right? Our lives really gravitate around, okay, when does class start? When is this deadline? When does registration open? When is spring break, right? And, and that has a lot of impact on what we all publish and, and do and events that we have. So every industry, you know, when you kind of end up wherever you end up in your careers, you'll kind of figure out what some of those really big cycles for your industry might be. Um, and then you'll kind of trickle down. So just as a couple examples, again, so you can have a little bit of a visual as you're reading um, about them in the book. This is my editorial calendar for my, my team, um, which again, it's mostly a team of me. Again, just hired a little intern to help me. So I'm so excited. Um, but I still want to make one so I, you know, know what's up. And so for me, it really looks like literally a calendar where I have some of these key, you know, events. And so I know uh, the career fair is going to be coming up on like the 17th. So I need to publish something about like, you know, career readiness, obviously, before that is going to happen. Um, I know every every semester that I'm going to have a big spring logistics meeting and event for the advisors. So that's the type of stuff I put on there so I can plan everything else around that. And so then I like to go through and think about, okay, based on what's happening in these different cycles, these are like the blog post topics and newsletter topics and announcements and things that I need to get out to the audience. So this is something that you might think about. Um, if you do, again, more internal public relations, or if your PR role involves sending out things like newsletters to your company's audience, like they subscribe to a newsletter, you very much might be involved with the content team on like what we need to put in the newsletter. So you might have something along these lines is literally from Microsoft um, 365. It's their planner app. 
So you literally might look like this if you have a company that uses 365. Um, but the big picture is just getting, you know, getting the big items out there. And now you could also see them in a little bit different way. So this is this no-co style. Again, the slides are on Canvas. So you can go back and like explore these links on your own anytime. Um, but this is like um, Northern Colorado's lifestyle magazine. So one of those things that they publish, you know, every so often focused on right our regional kind of news. And I really liked this when I was kind of digging around on their site. First, if you wanted to try to submit some sort of opportunity. This is where you could do it. You're gonna put your pitch right, right in that box. But uh, they actually have a media kit, yay, full circle. And in their media kit, they provide their editorial calendar because they want us kind of PR, members of the media type folks to know what topics they like to discuss when, so we can also help them, you know, online content. Um, so in their media kit, you know, very familiar to what we talked about. They have like awards they've won, kind of their whole mission statement, right? All the information we want, um, different, here's their target market, what, you know, their services are. They even have kind of their social media. And then they have their editorial sort of calendar, deadlines, things that they like to feature. Um, so you could look through this and say, okay, if I, you know, have a, a client, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what is the PR campaign plan? I find our city's local lifestyle magazine and notice like, okay, huh. In June, they typically like to run summer fun things. Maybe our brand is trying to host a music festival. Maybe our brand is, I don't know, sportswear, a sportswear company. Hey, maybe it'd be good to try to get a story featured in June with summer fun. Right? Or maybe, you know, we work in some sort of gardening industry. We definitely want to make sure we have something ready, pitched, try to get ran in the April landscaping. So, and sometimes, like, this is super nice of them that they just had a public. Uh, it kind of makes sense for, I think, regional and like smaller scale. You might see these published more often because it ultimately helps them if they're getting relevant pitches. Um, but this often could just be an internal thing. And that's where, again, building some connection relationship. If you're going to go into public relations, right, there's the assumption that you like networking and meeting people and, you know, talking and making connections. Um, and so, you know, hopefully you can build that connection and get the inside scoop on what their editorial calendar is. Cool. So that can be something to definitely look through. And then they just have, you know, this is more for our marketing folks. We like earned media, but it is kind of cool that they put that in there for us as well. Cool. Editorial calendars, helpful things. Love it. So once you got to figure out what the cycle of topics are, and it's again, it's always going to be more successful if we can pitch ideas that align with kind of the flow, the theme of what's going on. Um, we can do things called, let me move me over, contributed articles. So Monday, we really were talking very specifically about, you know, pitching stories to journalists that they're going to write and kind of putting it in like, hey, 
you should come to this event. You should cover us. You should write a feature story about, you know, our launch, our client. The other option that you can definitely do is a contributed article. And so, oh my gosh, I am so in the way. Look at me over here. There we go. <laughs> Basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. Instead of asking them to write the story about us, we just go ahead and say, we could write the story, and then you can just run it. Uh, happens all the time, very popular. Um, it has a lot of great benefits for us um, in PR, because one, we get to really control the message in the story. Um, so that's awesome. On the flip side, when you're pitching this to different organizations, you'll have to you know, sell it in an extra in a strong way, make sure they really understand how it's gonna resonate because you know, they are giving us more control over that message. <laughs> so one way that we can do that is adding into our little pitch. So we still have our 150 to 400 words, like, hey, you know what, our um, CFO just learned all this cool stuff about finance and it's gonna like shake up the industry. It's amazing. He really wants to, you know, write an article about it. That can be your opening pitch, but then you'll wanna put a little abstract, which are usually about 200 words as well. Like, okay, and here's actually what the article is gonna be about. Um, so it is that really nice just summary. So that way, you know, the editor of that, that magazine, that newspaper whatever, can actually get a good sense of what they're signing up for. Um, and what they can expect to receive. Mm -hmm. So a few kind of things that could be worth a contributing article. One, um, it's good for us because we can kind of position our brands in what we call thought leadership. It's kind of like a buzzy thing going around right now, um, but we're really kind of across really industries in our culture. We're really kind of big on that idea of like, innovative thinkers that are pushing, you know, the boundaries, moving things forward, proposing like these great new ways to, whether it's orient a business or, you know, get to a market or serve customers, like thought leadership is really big. Um, you know, obviously things like equity and inclusion, that's a really, you know, big thing right now and how we're changing thought leaders. Um, and so for example, you know, the, the skim, which is sort of a news I guess a new site, they have that newsletter that's kind of like, here's the headlines of the day and whatnot. They have been really pushing these strong campaigns and thought leadership of the hashtag show us your leave and kind of really featuring and interviewing and talking to, you know, CEOs and companies and HR managers who are kind of pushing what we think of, you know, leave. Look how much more parental leave that we have than, you know, previously thought. Here's our flex plans. Just all of that is an example right now that's really big and thought leadership. Um, and of course, that's great PR for those companies because now they're like, hey, look how cool and great we are. We love our employees. We might not pay them more, but here's some great leave. We give you a gym benefit. Okay, so that's one thing. So if you have a client that, you know, really, you feel like you want to highlight their thought leadership, they're doing something interesting and new, boom, contributed article, try to get them an interview, all of that's great. Usually that is going to end up in some sort of trade or industry publication um, because their thought leadership is going to have to do with probably the industry you work in. Another great thing is just like research or trends. So especially if your client um, is able to do like 
any kind of consumer research and they have that sort of data to share that can make a great story. Um, that's something that could possibly be a good contributing article um, so they can write about, speak to what it means. Again, probably gonna be more um, successful pitching that to a trade industry publication because any research or trends within said industry mostly applies to readers of said industry publication. It's pretty straightforward. And then the last thing that you can do, um, and these go more into like, you know, the Greeley Tribune, like the regular newspapers, even the New York Times, uh, op-eds or letters to the editors, right? And so letter to the editor, you have, I think, probably the most uh, control over the message because they are newspapers, right? We just present them as, this is somebody writing a letter to us and they you know, aren't gonna edit it probably nearly as much. Uh, Op-eds are still opinion pieces, um, but they might have a bit more editing um, in terms of you send it to them and they're like, might tweak it a little bit more. And then your contributed articles certainly could be subject to some editing as well. Um, but these are great ways to get the voice of your client into some of these print. Again, it could be physically printed or online publications. And with all of these, keeping in mind that you might be the one writing it. Like you might be, you know, obviously working with that thought leader, that you know, trend and research analyst, your CEO, you'll be working with them. But it is kind of likely that you'll probably be doing a bulk of the writing and then they'll be revising it, tweaking what you kind of write. So if you enjoy writing, this is definitely a path forward. We love ghostwriters. Thoughts, questions. I just kind of did a big info dump. So any questions? Cool. So uh, here's an example of a contributed article. Um, so this is our, here at UNC, our Center for the Enhancement of Teaching and Learning. Um, is the department really oriented towards like faculty training and development? So like my role is all about our professional advisors training and development. CEDL is really about the faculty and teaching practice. And so they have this blog and every single blog post on here is actually a contributed article. And so the director of CEDL is not writing these. She's kind of going out, finding those thought leaders, people who see trends in teaching and then asking them to write the blog posts and then featuring them. Um, and so I even did one last last year, for sure, you know, on my resume, my portfolio, because anytime you can get right coverage anywhere, you want to put that. Um, and it was, you know, all about right advising frameworks. And so again, this blog has a specific audience um, but needed to find right, a guest person to contribute more expertise and area in this specific topic. Um, and so that is really where you as, or us as PR folks, we wanna try to go out there and see like, okay, where is there overlap in the audience that maybe we aren't as visible in, right? The faculty really don't pay attention to me at all. Um, cause it's, you know, I'm just on a different side of the house. Um, but this is one place where I feel like, oh yes, I can like finally reach them with some of these ideas um, and training that we would like to see them see them see. So that's one of the strengths of finding 
contributing articles or op-eds or those opportunities for clients because they can break into different spaces. Yeah, and then, you know, they get the byline popping. If you're the ghostwriter, that's exactly what it means, even though you're like, ah, oh, but I, I wrote the words, your CEO is going to get the byline for that. Um, but you can still put that, you know, in your portfolio so you just say, oh, I, you know, wrote and assisted and revised the content for, you know, this, or you can say, you know, I was the ghostwriter, I got this uh, publication opportunity on behalf of like the client. So it's like a little bit of a sting, you don't necessarily see your name, but that's just kind of how it rolls. Um, yeah, and then it just goes through. Makes sense. So this is just kind of an interesting blog. Maybe um, there's potential for your client um, to try again to connect with the faculty. It's worth a pitch if you feel like you have that idea there, certainly. Cool. And one of the reasons really bring this up is you can get one of your, your print online PR opportunity credits by doing a ghostwrite for the blog. So yes, you could get it into Seattle's blog. I think that's a little bit, you, if you're like, yes, I'm gonna do it and it makes sense for your client, like, yes, do it. I'm clearing the path a little bit so you can practice right, that ghostwriting. And so if you come up with a really good pitch, you're gonna have to go through the whole process. You'll pitch it to me in you know, email form. Um, and then you can ghostwrite a blog for our advising blog. And that could count for your print and online opportunity. Um, so this is our blog. So big difference here between the blog that I just launched and the one from Seedle is that I am writing like 99% of these posts. At least right now, I'd love to expand out. Um, but part of my job is also being a thought leader content expert in advising. So I am writing most of these posts. However, here's how you can just submit your pitch to me. You know, I will give you feedback on how your pitch is, is going and then obviously help you in that writing process. Um, but that is absolutely a great opportunity. And so if you want to pursue this, keep in mind, right, the audience for this, uh, you know, publication is professional advisors. I think every one of your clients definitely has an angle that you could pitch that our professional advisors would be interested in, kind of need to know about, like deserves coverage. Um, and I believe in you in finding what that angle is. We can definitely talk about it. Um, but just know this is an opportunity. Now for me, I like to keep these like 600 words or less because uh, the advisors are busy people. And they said, I don't want to read anything that takes more than five minutes. About five minutes of reading time is somewhere in the range of 750 words. So it definitely will be a nice kind of short, short thing. Um, but that is absolutely an opportunity you could pursue. Um, and I would push you towards that again, if you feel like I want to be a writer, like if you want, you know, some of that um, opportunity for your portfolio, you want another place to show in your career hunt that you like are a writer and you're interested in that, this might be the opportunity for you. If you're like, I really don't want to be a writer. I just want to be able to write short pitches and press releases and that's it. Um, you know, then you might pursue something else like UNC Today or The Mirror. Cool, questions? Let me know. And, you know, keeping in mind, um, 
the editorial calendar, again, is really, for me, I, I base it so heavily around the registrar's calendar, which you can find online. And we even talked about it in one of the past lectures. Um, but you can kind of think about some of those seasonal things like spring break, um, different events, when for us advisors meet with a lot of students in March and April specifically, you know, so think about that timing as you're considering kind of your pitches as well. Cool. There's no questions. Okay. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and just answer, even if you're like, I don't know if this is necessarily the opportunity I want to pursue, right? As PR specialists, right? We want to always be trying to brainstorm and think about as many opportunities as we can. So that we then you can narrow down to the ones that make the most sense to invest in. So go ahead and think what could be a topic that your client you know, could do a contributing article for or could have a blog post about. Again, is there some sort of thought leadership involved? Um, are there interesting like trends or a very good like expertise area um, that, you know, our community would benefit from? So yeah, go ahead and take a ponder of what you could answer there. I see some really, really cool ones here. Yeah, there's not really a right or wrong answer. It's you're the PR consultant. You're thinking about the angles. If you can pitch how it relates and it, it you know, matters, then probably you're on the right track. Um, so thinking retention rates for the specific area improvements, like definitely, especially on a campus, Rose interested in retention is like the word, right, at UNC. And so that could definitely, there's an angle there that I think um, any of these clients could definitely speak to and how they're helping with retention. Um, for me, I'm like thinking about trying to pitch an article to uh, like the alumni magazine and that might be interesting. Um, or even even like the Mirror, the Greeley Tribune is kind of what I've been playing about, playing with, um, you know, and it's, Good for UNC because they'll be like, wow, look how much investment is going to staff. But also, if I'm thinking about my own portfolio, which like low key, you should always be thinking about your own career goals. It'd be great for me to like have that uh, publicity as well. Like, here's what I built. Yay. So don't be afraid to, you know, 
boost yourself, pat yourself on the back. We're all trying to hustle for our career goals. So that's one thing I'm kind of thinking about. We'll see. Uh, what services are offered? Yep, advising students. Again, it's really good kind of, especially if there is something interesting or different that they're doing with their like advising of students. That could be good thought leadership um, that maybe other areas read that article and say, huh, we could totally do that. How cool, yay team. Uh, mentoring programs, yep, definitely love that. Um, similar to the services, it's like, yeah, what is that interesting, successful angle that people would read that article about? I mean, like, we could totally do that. Like, that's so cool that they thought of it. Um, yeah, impact of the, oh, yeah, definitely. And this one speaks very much to understanding kind of like trends within an industry um, and bringing your client's kind of perspective to that to, to highlight, you know, an issue, a story that, you know, the journalists certainly could write their own story on it, but it could be worth pitching a contributed article, you know, because then it's like, we're in, right? The Lanthropy itself, let me help you with this article. These are all really great ideas. Like, yes, PR, mindset and intuition. How can we spin everything to try to get our clients out in front of readers' eyeballs so they say, what a cool, awesome, thoughtful, innovative, positive, interesting company. Yes, love it. All right, uh, so shifting gears a little bit to newsletters, another, it's growing in popularity, like people really in like a real newsletter culture right now. So newsletters are much sort of shorter form. So stop thinking about articles, blogs, like long stories. Usually if you're gonna be pitching to a newsletter, it's kind of like, this is happening, much short, like a shorter blurb situation. Um, and so the whole goal of a newsletter is right to share those updates, news with a specific audience. So we do love newsletters in PR because the audience is usually kind of a self-selected group. Either, you know, you signed up for this newsletter. So already, if you can get your, you know, client into that type of publication, like probably people are going to read it and engage with it because they signed up to receive that type of information. So we love that. Um, the layout, you can have a lot of different topical variety. Um, and so while we still want to think about, you know, any kind of editorial calendar or like theming, um, usually there's a little bit more flexibility to like just include stuff if it's timely, um, you know, it's happening that month, for example. Um, and then we also, this is more if um, you're running the newsletter for your client, which again, we are close friends with the content marketing team. That's our BFF, that's our sibling. We're on the same side of the house. Um, and so we'll definitely be using things like newsletter analytics to really see what you know type of information um, and stories and uh, what the, the sentiment kind of is based on what they're clicking on. Makes sense. So we, we can think about newsletters in two different ways and your clients, many of them, do you like produce a newsletter? Um, and so I see two ways you could approach this if you wanted this as one of your PR opportunities. Either you get your client a spot in one of our campus newsletters, or you, know, you can help them really tweak maybe one little block of content in their own newsletter. So if they're saying, 
I really want some PR help with X event in April, you know, maybe your contribution is let me write up the little blurb that's going to be in your newsletter that you send out in March or whatever, right? So you could approach it either way. It kind of depends on your career goals, what you want in your portfolio um, and what makes sense for your client. Let's look at a quick example. Um, and so the morning brew is one that is just, you know, a newsletter I've been kind of following. They have a lot of different topics. There's like a tech and a business. The marketing one is something you might want to follow again if you're interested in this line of work. Um, let's see. And I opened up there. Is this the email version? Here we go. Okay. So this is what you know it looks like. I imagine many of you have received a newsletter before. Um, but you know, some of the features that most of them have in common, right? They have some sort of nice witty opening thing. Usually that's going to be reserved for, you know, the company itself. Um, and so likely you're not going to end up there, but then your goal is to pitch, um, send good pitches, send good announcements to try to get one of these top, you know, spots, um, and thinking about, you know, what it is that they want. And so in a newsletter, sometimes we can get a lot longer feature, like in this example, you know, whoever pitched this story about, I don't know, social media and football stuff, I would have written a little better headline. That's kind of marketing brews situation, you know, pitched a good enough story idea that they're like, yeah, let's like make it a whole thing and, and write a whole lot about it. That's really cool. Other times, right, you might have a little bit shorter um, sections. It might just be like a little blurb. And so as we go down the page, you know, we start getting okay, you know, you're still in there. Somebody might click on you. Still good, not as good as like a story coverage, but still really good to be included, you know, just in what's happening um, and what's going on. And then they have like a lot of affiliate links that can all be helpful as well. And then so pretty much all newsletters are more or less set up the same way with some segments that get more coverage, more words written about it. And then sections where they're just like, oh, here's other like cool related stuff. And your goal when you're pitching is to try to get, you know, something that's gonna be covered a little bit bigger. And that all rests in your relationship that you have with these writers and the strength of the pitch that you send and some things you can't control. Like they might just already have their feature story and no matter how cool and interesting your pitch is, you know, that's sometimes just the game. Makes sense. So you can definitely like check oop -a -doop, Morning Brew out. It's, it's a good newsletter, I think, overall for our industry. Um, and you can grab that link. Now, this is the newsletter that I send out to mostly advisors and then one very specific um, you know, students based on GPA. And so if you're doing uh, the newsletter for your client, so your client has a newsletter that they send out you know, to customers, to people who signed up for it. There's a lot of ways that you could get that, um, who those people are. When I worked for um, Women to Women, a local nonprofit, we sent a newsletter to people who had donated. So those are kind of the ways one would like select into your newsletter. Um, but you're gonna be looking at interesting, you know, data analytics, the most common ones that end up in newsletters our open rate um, across the industry, 
anything like 20%, we generally like, yes, they open the email, especially here on campus. Listen, I know we have told you, you should check your bear mail and actually read stuff, but I know that you don't because I can see the numbers and I know that you're not reading it. So, you know, eh, we keep that in mind. Uh, I'm super happy with, you know, these are um, the ones going out to the advisors. So even then, even though it's literally their job to open emails from me, I'm still really getting, you know, 60%. And that's just kind of how the newsletter game goes. We do the best that we can. So open rate, we like, we like that. We pay attention to that. Click rate is where you can get interesting insights on their behaviors. And so, you know, you're dropping links and videos and photos and all the little stories in the newsletter. You can see actually what people are clicking on. Um, and most newsletter applications will even give you a heat map and say, you know what, of the 36, you know, percent of clicks that you got on this, like half of them were on this specific article or headline. And so if you are, you know, kind of savvy, you'll use that to understand, okay, what was different about that photo? What was different about that headline? What was different about that topic that got people to click on it more than, you know, some other piece of content? And then this is the click to open rate, which is kind of an interesting stat. So basically open rate is out of all the people, you know, the what, 45 advisors I sent this to, 80% of them open the email. Yes, they were excited about probation advising. Ooh. So 80% opened it, 36% clicked on something. So out of those 45, 36% of the people clicked on something. This is saying that of the 80% who opened it, 45% of the 80% actually clicked. Does that make sense? So this is like your overall click rate of the whole population. This is your click rate of people that actually open the email. So this one is kind of telling me that one, maybe I summarized the information good enough. They didn't need to like click for more. They didn't need to watch the video. They just like read the content and we're good to go. Um, so it's not always a bad thing, but it is something we have to like puzzle through and think like, okay, what does that mean for our audience? Why are they clicking? Why are they not? Doesn't matter. All of that kind of goes into play. So we like, we like data. It's a good time. Here's just one more example um, of our city scoop. So this is our city of Greeley newsletter subscribe to it if you want to know what's happening in Greeley or again I'm always thinking down the road right you graduate you move to whatever city or place check out their like you know that city website and I definitely encourage you to like sign up for the newsletter of wherever you end up living um because it just gives you like interesting stuff about your local community and what's going on so pretty much every city will have something along these lines this is the city one um, and so if you want to try to, you know, get something featured in the city newsletter, you know, this is where you will go. Um, they don't have like a very specific entry portal. So you could just email your pitch right, to this um, community engagement email. The other thing you can look through um, if we're checking out their past emails again, newsletters basically all look more or less the same. That's just the standard. All right. So we have some interesting article here. You get all your little side columns, stories, videos. Um, and so, you know, as we move forward next week, we're talking about 
video opportunities broadcast. Um, you know, and so if there's a video that you get for your client, maybe it makes sense to say, oh, Bear News covered my client. You grab that YouTube link and then you submit it to a newsletter. So now they can say, you know, headline, your client is helping students by mentoring them with this workshop. And then they could even watch the video of Bear News talking about it and having some of that. So you can kind of think about what makes sense. Um, the other thing that I like to do is, is when I'm, and this is just my PR, like whatever, I like to read newsletters and kind of imagine how would I have like pitched that story or like we can learn a lot by critiquing, you know, just things that we see out in the world. Like, what do you like about it? What things would you have done differently? That all can help us build our skills. So that's another thing that you can definitely use for your clients. Whew, we're rolling through. So I'm gonna skip this slider just so I can show you and make sure that you just know where to go. Um, so UNC today, right, as well as around campus, and they have one more that goes to journalists, definitely is a, a, a online, a print opportunity that you prop, that you might use. You could use it for your client. So you're gonna go to the news kind of main page, then it's super easy. Submit campus news, we follow instructions. Now the things that I just want to make sure to highlight for you, and this last minute, is their tips and FAQs. So this is where you can see, okay, UNC Today, here's the audience. Around campus, here's the audience. Um, and that's just important when we're thinking about the pitch and when I'm thinking about what I will submit now after class or maybe on Friday, I don't know. Um, right, I'm gonna submit an announcement about that advising blog. If I just said, you know, student academic success launches an advising blog, the editor might be like, oh, that's for around campus. Like students would need an advising blog. No, like, I mean, you can read it. It is helpful, but it's written for advisors. So that's where I, in my pitch, I'm gonna specify, you know, faculty and staff who get UNC today, you know, should know about this new advising blog. So I can help in my pitch tell Deanna Herbert, the editor, which one of these it's gonna go through because it's one submission portal for all three of them. So in your pitch, make sure you specify, I want this to go to students in around campus. I want this to go in UNC today for faculty staff. The other just important thing, make sure that you use your bears email or else they'll reject it. So if you're gonna submit to them, just make sure that you put your bears.uncio email in there. And then otherwise, you know, it's just a form name, bear mail, right? That nice snappy five to nine word headline capturing the big picture. This is where you're gonna put your pitch and tell us more, give them that strong pitch, identify the audience. Um, if there's a date and time that it needs to be announced, you can do that. And then last, you can upload your press release. So they have all the info. Woo, we can do it. All right, thank you all. Um, I one minute over. So sorry. So much good stuff to get through. So Friday, um, we're going to do um, the activity very similar to what we did on Monday, going through a lot of different scenarios, not so many local ones, just general scenarios, and just practice writing those opening pitches again. Let me know if you have questions. Do your uh, reading quiz tonight, and I'll see you then. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.
All right. Well, thank you, associates. Um, so we're going to end our unit on, you know, kind of pitching ideas to the press and trying to get publications um, on Friday by doing just a lot more examples uh, with different scenarios. So we'll move away from our, you know, very local kind of examples and uh, we'll just pull a bunch of different industries um, just to practice pitching in a lot of different scenarios. Uh, and so that lecture, um, I don't think... It probably won't be recorded just because it is going to be very much an activity-based day, um, and so I don't think it will translate very well. Um, but I would definitely encourage you uh, to, you know, just pick different examples, industries, and just say, you know what, if I were um, representing this brand, you know, where and what is an idea I could pitch and just practice, you know, writing kind of those pitches and thinking about it. Um, or pour, pull an article about a brand or company and then kind of reverse engineers. Like, okay, if this story was written, what are the different angles that, you know, somebody may have pitched um, to make that happen? All right, I look forward to it. And um, in the next module, the next series, we're gonna be talking about broadcast and how um, important video is in our PR landscape. Thanks and let's go team PR.